Welcome to another edition of the Athlete's Perspective. Today I have Ian and Lucas in the booth with me. Um, this is a little different direction with Athlete's Perspective. Instead of having an actual sport, I have uh, a couple guys from a bowling team. I told them not to take it personal. Um, it's all fun, even though, I mean, I guess bowling is considered a sport. Are you guys on scholarship here for bowling? Yeah, we okay. are. Yeah, so I mean, they're getting paid to bowl, so I guess it could be a real sport. Um, Ian, tell me where are you from? I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Did you get recruited here to bowl? Uh, in a way. Um, I worked at a bowling alley back home in Oklahoma, and the general manager of the bowling alley has been lifelong friends with Phil Vida, who is the director of bowling here at Linwood. And it was kind of a you know mutual connection. She kind of set me up with him, but I was still, in a way, recruited to come here because I had schools like McKendree looking at me and a few others like uh, University of Central Oklahoma was looking at me as well. So it was kind of a... Lindenwood put a pitch into me as well to kind of get me to sign with Lindenwood versus, you know, McKendry and uh, UCO. Okay, so is there like a high school bowling team? Do you bowl in high school? Yeah, there is. It's not a officially state-sponsored uh, sport like it is in states like Illinois and sometimes like California and mm -hmm. New York. Um, so it's kind of at the club level. But uh, there was some high school bowling that I bowled for in uh, high school. Okay, yeah, I think I remember being a club back in high school. I went to, what high school did you go to? I went to Bishop Kelly. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. So me and Ian are in the same sports management class, or sports law class, and at the beginning of the semester, we introduced ourselves, and we both say we're from Tulsa, and I totally forgot. <laughs> and I forgot he went to Bishop Kelly. Um, I went to Union, which is like 10 minutes away from there. So Union High School? Union High School. Yeah, I'm actually, well, I, I always say I'm from Tulsa, but I actually live in Broken Arrow. Yeah, I live so, in Broken Arrow, yeah. too. So <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Lived in the same neighborhood mm -hmm. and came to the same college in St. St. Charles, Missouri. Um, Lucas, tell me where you're from. Uh, I'm from Taylorville, Illinois. It's about an hour and a half north of here. Okay, so you're not, you're not too far. Yeah. Um, did you bowl in high school also? Yeah. And was it more of a club or was it actual team? Yeah, it was a team sport for high school, and Illinois bowling is pretty serious at the high school level for like compared to like your guys' right because it's not really that competitive. Yeah, because I know in uh, – in, in my state, it was um, you could really only be competing in one state-sponsored sport at a time. So, mm -hmm. like, if you were on the soccer team and the football team, you had to wait until the football season was completely out of schedule or it was completely done with their season before you could pick up and play the soccer. So I think that's how it is in some of the states. I don't know if it was yours, but, like, you could only compete in bowling during the season or something like that. It's kind of that way, but, like, you can kind of get around it. Mm -hmm. So and did you play any other sports in high school or growing up? Um, I tried out for the basketball team in my freshman and sophomore year, but I didn't make it, so I just kind of decided to stick to bowling. I had played pretty much every sport you could think of, you know, up until I got to, you know, 7th, 8th grade, and then I decided to kind of focus on bowling because that was the one I was having the most success in. So what is your favorite part about bowling? Why do you love it so much? Um, I kind of just like the, the competitive nature. It's just like you're always, like, just trying to get better because – you know, you you have an average when you bowl leagues, so it's mm -hmm. like constantly trying to wait, raise that average or constantly trying to, you know, win tournaments and stuff like that. There's always something new out there, even though you think it's the same game, just trying to knock 10 pins down for 10 frames. But there's always just new competition, you know, just going from one level to the next, you know, through youth leagues to high school leagues to now in college. <laughs> Lucas, what about you? Uh, I played basketball all the way through, like, junior high, and then I stopped playing baseball my junior year. Okay. And then... So. How did you get into bowling? Uh, my dad worked at a bowling alley whenever I was really little, so I was always out there. And then a few years later, they started up a, like a youth league, and I just joined that. Okay, so what is your responses to people who don't feel bowling is actual sports? I mean, I see where they're coming from, because like, 
if you're just looking from the outside, like it doesn't really look like it's that like difficult or like puts a physical toll on you, I guess. So I can see where they're coming from. Um, I would I would say for the recreational like person, it's not really a sport, but mm-hmm. for the competitive nature, like for the college, um, for the college aspect, I feel like you know it really helps to be in good shape. I mean, there are some exceptions. You know, you have players who tend to be a little out of shape that end up performing well. Um, but a lot of times bowling is about being consistent and repeating the same shot. Um, cause a lot of it is also mental, but a lot of it's also physical too. So it helps to have, you know, a strong core, strong legs. Cause in bowling, in college, in college bowling tournaments, we sometimes bowl six, seven hours in a day. So it's actually kind of important to have your legs underneath you. So if you're not, you know, have a decent amount of endurance, it's going to be hard to, you know, continue to compete at your highest level for all six, seven hours of the day. So how would you say you guys are separated from people who go bowling every Tuesday and Thursday? How much more time and um, what else does it take for someone? I mean, I'm sure if someone bowled on a team, like a club team, um, every Tuesday and Thursday, they would think, well, I could get a college scholarship to bowl. Um, what would you say that you do more to be able to, be able to get a college scholarship? Um, I guess I would say it's just you know putting constant practice in, um, just being able to make almost all of your spares to shoot at because to be to be honest spare shooting is something that you know makes your score what it, you know if you miss all your easy spares you're not gonna score well so it's practicing honing down on like the fundamentals so that way when you leave a single pin spare it's almost automatic that you're gonna make it versus someone who doesn't really practice and just kind of goes out on a you know break like a Tuesday night doesn't put in the work and the effort you know we try to pride ourselves on being like 90 to 95 percent on single pin spares so pretty much automatic um also just getting out there and just bowling and doing trial and error playing different parts of the lane trying to get your ball to hook from a certain spot so that way if you ever go to a different center that you know the elements are a little bit different you can kind of adjust and adapt and be prepared yeah i would kind of say kind of the same thing as him we know what we need to work on for the most part and so the practice the time we spend is probably more valuable getting to the goal that we're trying to achieve. Okay, so is there any kind of like workout regimen or like a routine that you guys have to do to stay in shape? Do you lift weights or do cardio or anything like that or you just strictly go to a bowling alley and roll? Um, we we have had in the past um, Lindawood trainers who have offered, you know, a uh, program for, you know, us to, you know, stay in shape, do workouts, usually focuses on our core and a little bit of arm strength and our legs. Um, but we had an issue with it um, with the trainer kind of backing out this year. So it was kind of hard to pick up on that. Um, personally, myself, I have been going to the gym recently and just been running and doing squats and sit-ups and crunches just to kind of maintain myself in a good shape. Um, I can't really speak for everybody, but that's just what I'm doing personally because we don't have a trainer on campus to help us out anymore. So would you say that carries over into bowling, uh, being in shape and being stronger would um, help you be a better bowler? I think so because it it it's since it a lot of bowling is all about repeatability. Um, you want to have a strong like balance at the fa- like at the like when you release the ball when you're close to the foul line. You want to have a strong balance that way you're releasing the sh- the ball the same way every time. You're not off balance. You're not you know leaning off to the right causing your shot to go right or leaning to the left to get your shot to go left. It's just kind of like keeping a stable body and just being able to consistently execute the same shot over and over again without any you know variables. Anything you want to add to that? Or? Pretty much agree with 
what he said for the most part. It's all about like consistency. So the more you can make yourself where you can do the same thing over and over, it's the better. So I heard you talk about the different elements and how um, different alleys can be set up. Can you go more into detail about that? Because you know, like when I think of a bowling alley, I feel like they're all the same and mm -hmm. they're, it's a controlled environment. So there's not much different from mm -hmm. each one. But um, what's it like just when you travel um, from alley to alley? Uh, what's the difference that can affect your bowling? Um, a lot of it has to do, I mean, legally every lane has to be laid out or it has to have the same like dimensions, it has to be X amount of feet across, you know, X amount of feet wide, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, like the, uh, what we call the approach, which is like basically the, the area from the ball return before the foul line is the approach. Um, they can be made up of different surfaces. They can be like wood or like synthetics and stuff like that. And most bowlers um, kind of slide into their last step. So we have like um, special shoes that help us like slide to our, into our last step. And sometimes depending on the surface that you're at, you can kind of stick or you can like slide more. So that's an element too. Um, in bowling, they also like, I don't know, most people know this, but there's oil in the lanes. Um, so they oil uh, the lanes. One, it was just used for protection. So that way lanes don't take a beating. Um, but it also, over the years, became a challenge because um, whenever there's no oil, a ball hooks. Um, and whenever there is oil, a ball doesn't hook. So for us that decide to curve the ball into the lane or curve the ball into the pins, um, we kind of need to know where our ball is going to hook from. Um, so with that being said, whenever different bowling eyes lay out different patterns, we need to figure out where our ball is going to hook from, how we can adjust because if there's one, if the lane is 60 feet long and an oil pattern is 50 feet versus 30 feet, our ball is going to start hooking from a different spot. So we need to kind of understand where our ball is going to hook from and be able to factor that into our games. So hooking, that's when you curve the ball. Mm -hmm. um, I never got the concept of that. Is it, does it help you knock down more pins or, because when I, when I bowl, I always bowl just straight mm -hmm. down the lane. And, I mean, I get strikes every now and then, mm -hmm. but... So, I mean, I, when I watch pro bowling, the few times that it's on ESPN or whatever, I see I see him curving, and it's like half the ball is on the edge, and mm -hmm. it's like, wow, I did not go in the gutter. Mm -hmm. But um, what's the concept of curving? Can you explain that technique to me? Uh, so a lot of it is, well, not, it's probably, would you say, like 50-50, the bowling ball and then the person? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can have the most aggressive bowling ball, because every bowling ball has like a core inside of it that mm -hmm. causes it to tumble and ends up giving it hook potential. But if you don't throw it with the right rotation, it'll never hook. So it's kind of 50-50 between the mm -hmm. ball and the bowler. But It's kind of just like the revolutions you put on the ball whenever you're releasing it. Just mm -hmm. And then it's also the tilt of your hand also puts effect into that. And the more a ball, like when the ball is hooking, it you want the ball to be like driving through the pins because if you just hit the pin straight in the center um, and it just goes straight back, the ball is actually going to drive straight through and the pins are going to just go to the right and left and you're always going to leave corner pins. So the idea of hooking is that so your ball ends up making an arc into the pins mm -hmm. and pushes the, so the idea, the ideal spot is the pocket, which is the head pin and the pin right next to it. So the idea is that when your ball hooks in, your ball hits the right side, which is on the three pin, and then the head pin, and it sends the pins in both directions. So that way it sends them flying around and getting more pins to fall. Okay, that makes more sense. So, I mean, I guess it raises the chances of you getting a strike mm -hmm. and then yeah. having less pins to hit mm -hmm. for a spare. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of times, too, if you hook the ball, sometimes you'll get pins flying off the side wall on the lane and bouncing around and hitting other pins versus just throwing straight. The pins are just going to go straight back into the back versus 
them flying around and getting an opportunity to knock more down. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. When I think about that, the bowling ball, curving the bowling ball, I think about, have you seen the movie Wanted? They curve the bullet. To, <laughs> that's yeah, what I yeah, think about. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe it's mm-hmm. the same concept. Mm-hmm. So, how many people are on the team? Um, we have 25 on our travel roster, and we yeah. divide them up uh, pretty much into eight. So, we have an A team, a B team, and a C team, and then we have one extra traveler who just goes as an assistant coach. Okay, is, a, is there a women's and a men's team, or mm-hmm. is it co ed? Yep. Is, is, is yeah. yeah. So, you guys travel together, or you guys have their own tournaments? For the most part. It's traveling together. Okay. There's occasional. There's a occasionally some tournaments that are just like girls only tournaments, and then uh, tournaments just the guys go to. How many tournaments do you guys have a, a season? I guess you say. Um, like probably like twelve or so. Twelve, yeah, yeah about twelve. Twelve tournaments, and you just around different states, or you usually around the Midwest. We've gone. We've gone as far as Marietta, Georgia, for a tournament. Okay. Um, that's the farthest south we've gone, and the farthest north we've really gone is, I would say, Ohio, probably. We kind of stay in the, the Midwest region. Mm-hmm. So you guys are in the same conference as the other sports, or is it like a like a different setup for bowling? Or can you play um, colleges from, I guess, I guess you said, like, different divisions of colleges? Yeah, I can elaborate on that a little bit. So bowling is not an NCAA men's sport, um, so the official – governing body of bowling which is the united states bowling congress they have their own collegiate division which is schools from naia ncaa juco's it's all under one umbrella and so the naia will have their own national championship tournament the juco will have their own national championship tournament but like for men's bowling the the holy grail is the usbc intercollegiate championships so that incorporates pretty much any d1 school that wants to have a program any d2 d3 juco naia so it's pretty much all into one so it's the i'd say it's the most competitive Mm -hmm. so you guys often watch a lot of professional bowling are you into that occasionally not all the time but it kind of depends on who makes it to the shows honestly so do you know professional bowlers like you know my name and things like that yeah do you see yourself being a professional bowler one day me personally no no um, I could see myself not being, you know, as prominent as some of the bowlers like Jason Belmonte. Um, but I could see myself when I graduate doing like some regional stuff and then potentially bowling a few national tournaments here and there. A lot of it too is it's kind of like golf. You kind of have to have a sponsor. And two, you're not really a salaried employee. You're kind of, you have to make the cuts and you have to bowl well or in golf, you have to play well in order to make your money. So if you end up finishing like 50th in every tournament, you're probably not going to make much money at it. So it's kind of a it's kind of an individualistic sport and you kind of have to work your way into it. So so I hear people talk about when they bowl recreational, like bowling a 300. What's a, what's a good, I guess a good average to bowl each tournament that you guys go to? Um <clears throat> I would say for college tournaments, the the ideal average um the teams that win because we usually bowl um, a, a decent amount of games. Um, we'll probably have a decent, like uh, the goal average is about 200, 205. And then the teams that usually win usually are averaging like 210, 215 over the course of, you know, probably 30 games or something like that. Okay, so, I mean, it's 
more than what you would see in going to a bowling alley mm-hmm. uh, as a family and just watching people play who don't really usually play. So um, I guess that, that kind of makes sense. So when you're done with college bowling, do you see yourself pursuing like a coaching career or uh, anything else that, that's in the bowling industry? Uh, I've thought about maybe like coaching a high school team because mm-hmm. like my dad does it now back home. And so I kind of thought about doing that, but kind of just want to see where it, where I go before I decide that. For me, I haven't really thought about it um, too, too much. I would probably try to go into the bowling industry as a bowler first, trying to make it as like, you know, a regional bowler or like, you know, make it on the tour. Um, And then, you know, possibly falling back and working for a bowling ball company or, you know, a bowling ball or a bowling, I guess bowling ball company is the way to go, but you know, or maybe like the United States Bowling Congress or something like that, kind of working like the front office. As a sport management major, I kind of have a lot of options. So, and I think there's really not as much money in bowling as there is in, you know, sports like baseball and basketball and football. So, you know, it would be something I would be really passionate about, but I think that it would be something I would pursue maybe later in my life, you know, after I, you know, explore, you know, the sport management fields and, you know, football and basketball and baseball and stuff like that. So you guys still bowl recreationally um, just for fun? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, I mean, do you ever have to, like, rest your shoulder or, like, ice it and things like that and make sure your body's healthy to go, or is it just not that much share in the body to where um, injuries are a big deal? It's more – it's not really, like, the shoulder. It's more just, like, your thumb like or your fingers, like, if they get cut up or, like, blisters on them. Mm kind of just from so much like friction from the ball but occasionally hear about like back injuries or knee injuries that Mm -hmm. people have just from like the sliding kind of messes up your knee a little bit um you know it's actually kind of interesting because a lot of injuries come from bad technique and bad form um because the ideal the for us the ideal situation is that we really don't even feel the ball half the time when it's in our backswing we're just kind of letting gravity do all the work so the more muscle we're putting into it, that's kind of when we put strain on our body. So, you know, if, if you actually have good form and good technique, the injuries are actually pretty minimal. Okay, so do your friends get intimidated, your non-bowling friends, do they get intimidated when you guys just go out for fun to bowl? Uh, they always try to win. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, do, yeah. they always have the confidence going in, but then it kind of <laughs> goes away. Yeah. So, so you guys carry your own, like, bowling bag with your balls and your, your shoes in there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any – if you, for people who – um, don't bowl collegiately or professionally, just bowl for fun. Uh, what tips would you give them when you know they go to a bowling alley picking a ball and um, picking shoes? Should they get a smaller size, bigger size, or um, what tips would you give them? Mm, mainly just to find stuff that fits. That's probably the most important part, honestly. Yeah, because if you have a ball that fits kind of snug on your hand, that way you're not really gripping it or putting any tension in it because like that's what i was saying like if you put muscle if you put too much muscle in your shot and you have your ball in your backswing it's actually putting a lot of strain on your arm so if you have a ball that fits kind of snug you don't have to grip as hard that's going to be really important try to find a ball i think i can't remember i think it's like whatever 10 percent of your body weight is or something like that is usually a good so you know if you weigh like 100 pounds find like a 10 pound ball or something like that and then you know the most they ever have is you know 16 pound balls so it's just kind of finding the right fit for you. 
I would say also just for any tips of just regular recreational bowlers, um, make sure you follow through. Try to get your arm swing to go straight as straight as possible right through your target. Is having a more weighted ball or a lighter ball, is there? Um, is it just depending on who's bowling with it, or is there an advantage to having a more weighted ball? Uh, there used to be more of an advantage to having like a heavier ball, but since like technology's gotten better, bowling balls have gotten better, so it's not really as important as it used to be. But it still matters a little. Like it's if it's a heavier ball, you're going to knock down a little bit more pins, but like it's not going to matter that much. It's usually it, it, the the distinction is really made between 14, 15, and sixteen pound balls because all those balls have the big cores inside of them, and it gets them to hook you know with the different you know grits and sandpaper they put on the ball just to get the ball to grab and hook more it really doesn't make that much of a difference but for example if you were throwing like a 12 pound ball versus a 15 pound ball your 15 pound ball is going to drive through the pins more just because it's a heavier object going into lighter pins it's just going to just natural physics is just going to kind of take over there okay because back in the day when i used to bowl i mean it's it's been a long time but i would just get one of the lighter balls with a big thumb hole Mm -hmm. that way i could just power through (laughs) and just throw it as hard as i could down and knock as many pins as i could so um i just figured the lighter the ball the easier it'd be to to roll it down so i that's why i get the lighter ones you definitely can throw it harder but the thing is, it'll the ball will actually just deflect a little bit out of the pins instead mm-hmm. of driving through them since it's just so light. Okay, yeah, it's it's been a long time. It's probably like probably like eight or nine years since I've been bowling. Yeah. This has been in and Lucas from the bowling team. I appreciate you guys coming in um, and teaching me a little bit about bowling. Um, for all the listeners, as always, I thank you for spending your time to listen to my podcast. I will catch you guys on the next episode.